1: Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for Minnesota baseball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit
0: TicketKingOnline.com. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. Vikings, this is another edition game. of 1500 Ball ESPN's Vikings, Purple on Podcast. Game. Go get that first down then get a touchdown.
2: Rock
3: Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by ESPN.com's Ben Gessling and 1500 ESPN's Judd out of the Mackey and Judd Morning Show. Today, guys, we're sitting in one of the Club Purple booths of, is this a booth? What do you call this?
1: Uh, it's like a lounge. It's I A lounge.
3: Yeah, when Joe was singing his lounge act
2: it's before Vegas we started. Vegas-style
1: lounge seating, I believe, is the official designation from. Is it the iconic press releases at iconic U.S. Bank Stadium? One of
2: seven clubs. Th- oh, come
1: on, you and your oh, wait, stupid wait, audacity.
2: Uh oh! Don't swear. Don't swear. Don't swear. Keep it
1: PG thirteen. Are we starting over? No. We to go.
3: We're just going to pick up where we left off. All right, wait, uh, got uh, we Scramer? leave this
1: part in. You want to start over?
3: No, we're not going to start over. Like it's like not how the per, it's not how the pearl podcast works. Never man. has.
1: We should leave all this in. It never will work it's that way. We, we can't because you already
3: swore. Things. So we yeah, can't. You an bomb. We everything. can't leave that part in. But guys, he's going to want to talk to you. Jud, this is your first time in the completed U.S. Bank Stadium, correct? Yeah, I've
2: been here once before. Uh, Chip Scoggins and I got a tour of it probably four months ago, and it wasn't completed yet. This is my first time seeing it completed, and it is impressive.
3: Gigantic.
2: It's gigantic, but you know what? With the light coming in. It feels like you're outdoors. It's
3: hard to believe that we are actually sitting on anything that was the site of the god awful Metrodome. We're sitting on a seat that never would be in the Metrodome, which is like this lounge style seating in this area that overlooks really is perched over the field with yep. the Galahorn. Yeah, I, mean, I have right this
1: this strange thing that I I'm pretty sure was just a nebulous concept of the Metrodome called legroom. Like I can stretch my legs out and not hit a <laughs> chair in front of me, whether that's in the press box. Or in the stadium, I think even maybe the suites you were cramped in like that. But oh, the suites it, were awful. It's very strange yeah. to be able to like extend my legs mm-hmm. and not run into something.
2: I find it amazing that in a town where once we rebelled and hated the idea of building stadiums, <laughs> we, we are now all have in now. we now have the X opened in 2000 for the oh, Wild. Yep. In 2009, TCF Bank Stadium opened for the Gophers. Uh, in 2010, Target Field opened. Last year, CHS Field opened. Target Center is being redone, and we're now sitting in a complete new football stadium.
1: We've turned into Oprah. You get a stadium, stadium. and you get a stadium, and you get a stadium. What happened to us?
2: We used to say, no stadiums. Now we just say,
1: oh, and by the way, I forgot. Sorry, we're going to build a soccer stadium, too.
2: (laughs) Just for good measure.
1: The Vikings, I think, were the only team, and probably because their lease was so far away from expiring that they couldn't, but... In the mid-'90s, I think they were the only one of our four teams that either didn't leave or didn't threaten to leave. The North Stars left. The Timberwolves dang near left. The Twins, I think, had some, like, farcical threat of moving to North Carolina. At one the point. triad. Don, Don Beaver, Beaver was going
2: to move them to the triad, which, of course, really didn't – that threat didn't exist. Right. And then they were going to be contracted.
1: Yes. As I'm in here and I see it, and I, I don't feel like I'm outside, but the amount of natural light is really impressive. And the thing is – If they had put either a fixed roof or a retractable roof on it, it would have been like every other stadium in the NFL, right? All the new ones. I mean, it would have felt like Lucas Oil Field or something. But the fact that they have this gives it something distinct. And you see L.A. has it designed for their new stadium. I think Atlanta maybe has some of it. They are now – they have something that it will be known for beyond just the fact that it's a new stadium. When
3: it looks like a spaceship on the outside of it.
1: Well, yes. It's one of two – Stadiums in the division that look like a spaceship on the it, outside. Yeah, what's the other one? Soldier, Soldier Field awful. Soldier Field. Soldier looks like Field
2: is that was that remodel's one of the worst. As good as the as the Lambo Field yeah, yeah. remodel, which is spectacular. Right. Soldier Field, that outside of that play, it looks like a cross between the love boat and a spaceship.
1: I've always thought Soldier <laughs> Field looks like the set of it. You remember the show Mystery Science Theater three thousand? Yes, yeah. yes. Like some awful nineteen fifties B movie called like martians invade the roman empire or something like yes. that <laughs> it's all. where the spaceship lands on top of the Colosseum, and caesar has to fight off the martians or something yes. i mean it so. looks like that's what should happen there
2: i think i would argue people don't like the outside of this place now because it's new and they're not used to it i think we'll get used to it i don't think it's that bad soldier field to me is way uglier it's yeah and and it's because they he doesn't know what it's trying they to took be took an existing structure and thought let's make it look really cool I think with this place, Lambeau Field looks from the outside really cool. But you tell me this. How many NFL stadiums from the outside? Now, ballparks are supposed to look neat. Ballparks are like Target Field are supposed Mm -hmm. to look like ballparks. But for the most part, I would argue football stadiums are not supposed to be from the outside super attractive. What they're supposed to be inside is super efficient. So to expect a ballpark look from a football stadium, which is what what I think people are expecting right now, I think we'll just get used to the way that this place looks, and it looks like it might take
3: off. Yeah, and one of the technological feats at least that stood out, this Wi-Fi network that they have here could support all 66,000 people that are going to be in here. Um, and that's not something where you go to any kind of stadium. I go to TCF. We just spent two seasons covering the Vikings there. I'm sorry that you have your Wi-Fi is terrible at times. And that's something where you at times, at times, it's, it's, pretty, always, it, it's awful. always awful. And I think any fan who goes to any arena can can at least uh, sympathize with that. They understand that and uh, first world problems. But if they have that kind of Wi-Fi here, I'm all down for that. And I think they said they modeled it after um, what they San Francisco did at Levi Stadium yeah. where where they averaged about thirty, thirty two thousand people were on Wi Fi during a game at any given Part of time. Silicon Valley. And we're sitting in this club purple thing which is catering to fantasy football people, right. right? That's their Vikings attempt at catering toward that kind of a fan base, more of the party atmosphere. And you're gonna need that obviously when you are surfing other games while enjoying one right in front of you.
2: We are, uh, boys, so far away from the day and age in sports where you went to a game just to watch a game right? now. Yeah. We are. Yep. <laughs> if you think about it, and and you think about this place, and I'm not saying that, that you won't have your hardcore Vikings fans yep. with their butts in their seats for four quarters because you will, but what these stadiums, this place, Target Field, go through them all, what they now offer up, I mean, you now have the ability. F- football is... Football is a sport where people are naturally inclined to stay home and watch. But one reason why is they want to watch their favorite team wait against their other favorite team, their fantasy league team. And you now have the ability to come to a game, and with these concourses, wander around if you want, Mm -hmm. check out games around the league. It's just it's so funny because... Because as a kid growing up, you went to a game just to watch the game, and that was so cool to watch yeah. the game. And now it's like, well, yeah, I want to watch the game, but I also want to know how my Fantasy League team is doing. And and I don't really, I can't pay attention that long, so I'd like to wander around f- for a while. All these stadiums are just catering to so many different things.
1: And I've got to post a picture to let everybody know that I'm at the game, that I'm not watching. Yeah, you're right. On my social media feeds. You're right. I or, mean, you can, or you can
3: make it look like you're in a fancy downtown apartment by going to the balcony in the back of this and too? taking the downtown skyline shot. The view shot.
1: is very impressive from that uh, yeah. That patio area outside of Club Purple. The thing I do wonder about, it, and I think Adam Thielen touched on it a little bit this morning when we were talking to him, Detroit Lake's own Adam Thielen. Uh, for Mr. Mankato. Mr. Mankato forever, as I've started calling him as of about I'm sure he loves that. two hours ago. Um, I mean, he, he brought up the point that it is going to, and we all know what happens with new stadiums, that it is going to price out some of the diehards, for at yeah. least for a while. And he said, Dylan
2: brought that up. He did. He didn't get the memo from his team. Never <laughs> talk about being priced out.
1: I guess not. I mean, it, they, they do have several seat licenses available for as little as I don't know what the, the smallest one is, but they're very affordable. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, you do wonder about that in these new stadiums that will it affect the atmosphere in here when it's not the same kind of a crowd as you might well, have had at the Metrodome or the old Met? Alex I mean Boone called it the wine and cheese crowd in San he Francisco. Did. He did. Yeah.
3: He, when they opened Levi's in 2014. Yes.
1: Alex Boone, yeah. as Alex Boone is wont to do, was a little <laughs> more uh, direct and a little more um, brusque, shall we say. What's the Adam cheapest feeling? ticket here,
3: by
2: the way? Do we know what the cheapest ticket is? I
3: don't remember. I it. saw single. Are you talking about just single game, obviously? Yeah, like if I want to go to pre-season, a, the Lions game. The cheapest you can get a preseason single game ticket was about 28 bucks, and I'm guessing okay. you're hanging up by one of the lights up here. Um. You don't know want Still to feel closer that's than you did, in the Metrodome? No, 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 no. And then uh, in season, cheapest was about 50 bucks flat. Um, okay. I'm assuming you're obviously top up, you know, nosebleed. The thing but is there's, there's only there's a not,
1: few of those available, though. I mean, they're yeah, probably going to be like sold yeah. out now. There's I not. The other
3: day. I don't think there's a bad seat, though, in here. And that's something that, you know, you could say at new arenas. But I, I mean, really, when you look uh, everywhere is an excellent sight line. Um,
1: and yeah, that's one like thing you're that took me. closer than you were in the Metrodome. Yeah. Yep. I can remember watching baseball games in the Metrodome. And it, oh, uh, it was awful. Where you're sitting in center field. I, I bought the cheap season tickets in college one year. It was like 2 bucks a game. Yeah. Like, you might as well be in a different zip no, a code. was a buck a game.
2: It was a buck a game. Yeah, I think right right on I, your college day, wow. uh, the Twins sold an $81 season ticket. Yeah. I, Mike Rand bought it, I think. The greatest the greatest thing in my lifetime as a sports fan, and this, this happened ar- around the time I was born, and now it's basically going, going, gone the death of the cookie-cutter stadium.
1: Yes. The
2: the 1970s trend of let's build one stadium for baseball and football was because it didn't serve anybody, and especially baseball, well. Yeah. The death of the cookie-cutter stadium and building individual stadiums for sports is the greatest thing.
3: Or at least you're not going to, for instance, if was it the uh, Oakland Raiders where they were playing on part of a baseball diamond? The yeah. Vikings used to do that at Met Stadium. Yeah. Yep.
1: That used and to be here, commonplace. I suppose. I mean, you didn't see it, but.
3: Right, but I'm saying
1: no, but, but during,
2: if you watch a Raiders game, if I'm not mistaken, when the A's season is still going on, they are playing yep. on the baseball diamond
1: dirt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you could see that last November, I think, when the Vikings were out there.
3: When well, you're talking about the uniqueness of these new stadiums, I mean look at the new fixture today with the gallhorn hanging, it's like chained up on the roof and it's hanging over, you know, probably a concrete thing near one of the giant scoreboards and you've got kind of a perch that whoever is the guest of honor that what week is going to be blown. I mean, to me, that looks like a war cry position to be at, and something yeah. unique that before when it was on the field, sure that's cool and a good photo op. But this who's to me to, is going to who be who's going to be
2: the first person, by the way, to blow at the Galahorn?
3: That not becomes Sid the key Hartman. Question.
2: Now Sid did it <laughs> last year, right? Yeah, he did. Yep. No, no, yep. no. It's going to be. It's got to be a uh, former Bud. Bud Grant.
3: Yeah, probably. Could it probably be Bud in a t-shirt. In no, a nice it's 70, not 70 it's degree. Be
1: impressive when it's inside. What now? if they
3: drop it down to like negative six for him in here?
1: Maybe the Super Freak comes back.
3: I wrote this
2: um, Could be
1: back here for Monday night Countdown I wrote this, in this October. a while I wrote
2: this a while ago and I know that that the 2010 return of Moss lasted less than a month and was a complete disaster but they got to retire his number soon. 84 has to yeah. be retired and here's why. If you think about it, in 1997, the last time a Vikings game was blacked out in this town was the regular season home finale against the Colts in 97. Mm-hmm. And I believe that team made the playoffs. That yep, Vikings team made the playoffs, yeah, but that's blacked out. In April of '98, they draft Moss, and if you look at the Vikings from that moment on, you have had a new, younger, reinvigorated fan base. The noisiest
1: Re- stadium in the NFL.
2: I don't listen. I'm not a Moss fan as far as as a person, but for what he did and, and how he changed the thinking about that position, they have to retire his number at some point here. Well. But what do you tell Mr. Cordero Patterson? That,
1: but so what yeah. do you do when Cordero Patterson completes his riches to rags to riches story and becomes Mr. <laughs> Mankato <laughs> to to This July and August. Oh wait a minute! Kramer railroaded that possibility. Uh, listen, I'm trying to bring up a serious. I'm,
2: I'm not kidding you guys. Moss is not. You got to bring him in a parade under the heard of fifty. Serious too. And you got to no, You got to raise the eighty
1: four to Patterson. the rafters, boys.
3: Judd, I agree with you completely, and if they have to take the jersey off Cordero's back during a game to do it, I am perfectly fine. That might not be a problem.
1: See, but no. if they took no. it off his back and then he came back to him, Mr. Mankato, you'd have to give it to him then, you got, right? No, let
3: the dream die, Ben. Let the dream die.
1: People can't see it, but I'm making a sad face right now. Yeah, no. let dream the dream die. Over. All right gentlemen, right, gentlemen,
3: speaking of Mr. Mankato and Mankato, should we get to some training camp talk now that we are officially one week away from the report date, correct? talk stadiums. Well, we did for the first 15 I minutes of the I, podcast. I got more
1: thoughts. What are Such your thoughts as? on the stadium? I'll well, let you have the floor. Okay, great.
3: If you say Mankato once, I'm pulling it I'm not you.
1: saying Mankato. It is interesting. We talk about all of this stuff with building all these new stadiums. You do sort of wonder, could we have taken away two of them? Could we have found a way for the Vikings and Gophers to share something? Of course. And could we have found a way, and this is the one that's probably more ridiculous, putting basketball and hockey in the same arena i mean the fact that we have two of those is a little silly if we're if we're talking about ways to reduce the glut of stadiums that we have wasn't that one where we probably could have figured something out there uh timing was bad well yes
2: but 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 in this case since saint paul was trying to get the hockey team that they they weren't going to play there was serious talk at one time uh when the winnipeg jets moved to arizona about the jets going to target center and they couldn't split the funds. Now, I will say this. Target Center is a horrible hockey arena. Yeah, it would be terrible. And the X, X for as good as that is for a hockey venue, is not a great basketball arena. You actually have, I think, the seats situated differently. Uh, On the Gophers and Vikings... Ben, you are 1,000% right. And it's done in Pittsburgh with the Panthers and Steelers. Yep. Uh, and I want to say, because I looked this up in the last couple of days, the Gophers and the Vikings talked about, and I think it was an on-campus stadium for the Vikings and golfers in about 2000-something, 2002 or
1: so. They did. In fact, you can find, at least a couple of years ago, you could find blueprints for said stadium for sale at Bud Grant's garage sale. Really? Yes. And they,
2: how did Grant get his hands on the blueprints? I have no idea. It and was, why is he selling them? It <laughs> yeah. the
1: guy that... So what they look does like? a lot of these with is a guy that used to work for Red McCombs named Chad Osland. Oh. And I think oh, he yeah. has a lot of stuff. He has a lot of stuff that he puts for, out for sale at those things. It was probably his or something he'd acquired from a bunch of junk that Red had. So I would assume that's where it came from. But, yes, they were available for sale there a couple of years ago. Now Here's
2: my question. How long before some golfer fans say, why don't you guys play a game a year in that beautiful U.S. Bank Stadium? That's my question.
3: Maybe you if go the Gophers football? become relevant enough, that yeah, question that's... will arise. Maybe I think the question still is now, why can't you just win eight games consistently? Because
2: uh, you never could because I started following that team in 1978, and they've never been able to do it, so why would they start now?
1: Who would have thought the glory days of Gopher football, at least in my lifetime, would be those Glen Mason. choking Glen Mason teams that I – either watched as a student or covered as a student.
3: You and Mackie with a Fire Mason chance.
2: I hope oh, you guys are happy. I, why
1: actually, do we I, always, Fire Mason was after my time. Guys,
3: why do we always trend to go for talk on this podcast? It seemed to happen at least this summer. Because well, we're
2: all bitter. Because Todd McShay, Gessling's compatriot at ESPN.com, yeah, that said that was, Mitch Leidner might be the first it, round uh, pick. Don't say He said the name Mitch he did Leidner. Get,
1: he did get me going that day. Alright, so let's Mitch get to training Leidner. camp. Let's September. talk training camp. I'm tired of all this stadium talk. You guys trying to derail this podcast. Oh, now
3: is it okay for me to talk training camp? Yeah, I Now guess is so. it all right? I guess. So. I?
1: This might be your last episode before we kill you off. We probably should give you your last meal.
3: Before we kill me off. We yeah, I guess to the news we're do it yet. the news uh Hearing obviously the lead. came out uh that I'll be joining the Star Tribune to cover the Vikings starting at training camp. This uh this could be the last podcast for the Purple Podcast, as the three of us, as is. Yeah, as a trio. As the trio. The um, I, I could a become duel. a part time. Fixture of it. Um, I could. I, I just don't know. It could be taken off altogether. You could be wiped out. It could so be wiped we'll leave out it up altogether. Vote yes. with
1: hashtag keep <laughs> Kramer or hashtag
2: fire Kramer. That's two M's, by the way.
1: Two M's. <laughs> just to make sure so that you know.
3: I do appreciate all of the uh, questions on Twitter and email in terms of what's going to happen with the Pearl podcast. It could be Ben and Judd moving forward.
1: Ben, how, how would we kill them We've off? Got what we do for this? A one? delightfully steep cliff that we could throw them off of right now. I don't
3: know if I'd die, though, if I fell off this kind of a cliff.
1: Yeah, maybe or not. Or you
2: could quit in a huff. You could quit the podcast cuz you're so tired should of I should I actually just go on a tirade you. right now? You're so tired of Guessling hugging you He loves hugs. That, that you guys are like a band and you fall apart cuz I'm just like the drummer. I could like, care less. Like
1: Fleetwood Mac kind of thing?
2: Yeah. And so but you guys were the main collaborators of the Purple Podcast and there's a falling out and then it's Simon us, and Garfunkel. Gessling. Yeah, exactly I'm right. <laughs> so just does the that drummer. I'm just playing yoko? Bass in the background. <laughs>
1: uh, Omar, Craig yeah, one of them is probably Yoko.
3: I don't want to envision either of them McCartney being guy Yoko. The guy. <sighs> Who's Lennon's Linda? More arrogant. Who's he's,
1: Linda? He's better. I don't know. I don't know who Linda would be in this scenario. So safe to be. nobody has ever,
3: safe to me, nobody has accused me of being John Lennon. So um, what should we talk about when it
2: comes to training camp? Which should starts add it to my list of comparables. Next week. When
3: we're starting training camp next week, it, should this be the last podcast? I'm sure I'll join you guys as a guest, even if it technically no, is we'll as don't. the host. Oh, yeah, no, not not coming you. back oh no, you're going to you. oh, no, bar me from it?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you can't do it, you can't do it.
3: I want to know who's going to do all the legwork and all the hard work, that, not hard work, quote unquote, but all the legwork of the hosting, the producing, oh, the let's posting. Just say Listen, there,
2: buddy. Let's just say there's new software around the corner. From no. what I hear,
3: oh, that you don't have to do I mean, it's it? going to be much easier for older
2: people like myself. <laughs> <I to laughs> Are they jutproofing the, the system? Yeah. It's not that hard. Are they jutproofing? Plug in
1: four microphones. You, mount, you fiddle some knobs. You <laughs> move the slider. Hey, you I look at yes, the hey, thing. Hey, dough. when you're here an
3: hour after we're done recording, saying "God, this sucks," then then we can talk get about some
1: working <laughs> software. It's not my problem. <laughs> the software works perfectly. Anyway, not that time that you made me have to upload Audacity and whatever the heck else we had to do. That didn't work. The well, podcast no one will ever hear. That's right. A great episode too.
3: It was a terrible episode. Let's talk training camp, gentlemen. You guys
1: keep derailing this. I I wanted to talk training camp for the last 10 minutes.
3: Let's talk training camp, gentlemen. Now, this Minnesota Vikings team coming off a division title, obviously sitting inside this new stadium that they're going to christen week two against the Packers. Um, what is the one thing you want to learn coming out of training camp? Because we've got so many topics. Whether or not it's Teddy Bridgewater's development, the offensive line coming together, can Adrian mesh well with Teddy and what he's trying to do? Is this defense going to maintain the same level it did last year when we saw kind of Jekyll and Hyde performances, whether it was in San I'll Francisco against Green Bay, against Seattle? I'm not done I'll yet. I'll give you just one. Take hot. I'm not done yet.
2: You're basically done with the show. Just Why? hot take
3: is ready to pop. I'm not done. I was just listing all of the yeah, potential storylines, and you're like, no, I'm sick of you. Go ahead.
2: No, I mean because you're going through. Here's the problem: it's training camp. We're going to learn offensive line. We're not go- going to have a field. Bridgewater. We're going to get all excited by a preseason game, and we'll be morons for doing so. Here's no, 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 by a practice. Okay, here. Oh yeah, yeah That's against bleeping trash cans. Which, by the way, Tavares Jackson <laughs> is going to Canton. <laughs> if you go by, if you go by Mankato performances in the summer of 2007 or eight, does he have a bust Tavares bus? is Fitted for a jacket
1: right now. <laughs> when was the famous jacket? breathing the breath, delivering the essay? Screed from Children's. was that mini camp and OTAs or was that training camp? Oh, I can't remember.
2: I remember the I remember talking about it. But anyway, here's the one thing I'm curious about, and and uh, I brought this up with Ben on the Mackey and Judge show, and it's this: Where does Trey Wayne shake out on the depth chart? What is the plan for Trey Wayne's? Because at least by playing time and where guys are in depth charts, we'll have, have an idea of what the expectation for that guy is. As far as actually seeing things, it's so hard to gauge. But I am curious about Trey Wayne's because. Yep. If Trey Waynes doesn't start the season, then I say to myself, well, that's interesting. I get last year, but his second year is a first-round pick. So my biggest thing is where does Trey Waynes land on the depth chart as training camp progresses and starts?
1: Should I reprise my uh, shameless self-promotional segue on Trey Waynes? Yeah, sure, why not? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Judd. I I posted something at ESPN.com this morning that – looks at the Vikings' possible depth chart for Week 1. And I have Trey Waynes sitting behind Terrence Newman Week 1. You can check all of that out along with the rest of our NFL Nation coverage at ESPN.com backslash blog, backslash Minnesota underscore Vikings, I think. Oh, are we I doing a just podcast? Just go on there, NFL Nation. Oh, I thought I was it.
3: watching a commercial for Ben we, we
1: We need more ads in this show. I'm just trying to get some going here.
3: <laughs> what is sponsors? So you envision Trey Waynes not starting Week 1?
1: Yes. As I, is. Yes, I think they will have Terrence Newman in that spot. I think Trey Waynes will have to take it from him, and I don't think Trey Waynes will have shown them enough by Mm. week one that he does it. Maybe I'll be wrong on that. certainly wouldn't be the first time. But as of right now, I think Terrence Newman is the starter.
3: What is the one thing you want to learn most about besides Mr. Waynes?
1: I would say the offensive line and how yeah. that's going to shake out. Yep. I, I am very, very curious. I mean, it was interesting to hear John Sullivan talk today about how his back is fine, and he, he feels like he's going to make it through training camp because he made it through OTAs and minicamp unscathed, and it's not really that different of a, a load on your back as it is in training camp. Now, we have that. On the other hand, we've heard Mike Zimmer say, you're not really going to know until you put pads on, and there's contact all the time. Whether that's true or whether that's somewhere in between i 'm going to be curious to see how that shakes out and the the right the entire right side of the line really I mean everything to the to the right of Alex Boone in some ways is up for grabs and that side hinges on Peterson's success probably more than Bridgewaters because that's been the side historically that has been very good at opening up holes for Peterson. You want to see Matt Khalil be better too but that right side, I'm I'm very curious to see how that all shakes out too.
3: Yeah, I'm going back to the offense, uh, staying on the offense. I should say, I am very curious to see how Teddy Bridgewater uh, kind of takes command this third season. Is it going to be something where it truly is that different? Um, is is he going to have more of a role in this offense? He threw the fewest passes of any starting quarterback last year per game. Um, this is a guy who they want to put more on his shoulders and continue and further that development. You see that in the resources they added in free agency, in the draft, all around him to try and get more out of him uh, in that passing game. Uh, how's the play calling going to come together? I mean, is that still a situation where Norv Turner's calling all of them up from the booth, or is Pat Shermer, Tony Sperano, how are they going to be involved in that mix? Um, all those kinds of things, seeing that come together. We know Mike Zimmer's still going to call the defensive plays. That's still something he wants to do, uh, at least in the near future. Um, Just seeing how the the two most prominent figures of that offense come together with Adrian and Teddy and how they mesh, uh, I think that'll be the number one question I have.
1: I just realized how we could kill you off. How? You took Judd's pet issue. In a fit of rage, Judd threw you out of the club purple <laughs> as you fall to your death. You Pat Shermer, <laughs> Yeah, Pat Shermer, <laughs> yeah, Tony Sprint. you
2: got three offensive coordinators on the staff.
3: Actually, Linval said something. Listen,
2: we're not going to know a thing about that. Hold on, Linval, Joseph,
3: Linval Joseph said something um, that would probably get you going, and maybe it was a slip of his, and maybe he misspoke. But he had said something like, yeah, we're really excited with where this team's at. It was in the middle of a cliche, but within that, he had said... Uh, yeah, with the new play calling and the new systems and all that we're doing and kind of stopped Still them. And it. and that's that's something that would feed right no, into your right pet though.
2: issue. He's right. Didn't Ben, Ben, didn't you say that that they have that they actually changed the, the system as well? A little yes. bit. And so that's a big deal. Well, yeah, but we're not going to be able to tell a thing numbers. until week yeah, week from... one is the key because they're not going to let you see a thing. You know, they're they're not going to go into preseason games. They'll they'll incorporate some stuff. But for so many of these things, we're not going to have a definitive answer about, okay, what's it going to look like until week one?
3: Well, you're right, Judd. I think that a lot of those questions are not going to be answered right out of the gate um, in training camp. But I feel like we're going to be able to glean a lot from, for instance, the offensive linemen. and OTAs and minicamp, we could still talk to them, and they could they could point out, look, everything's different in terms of what we're doing, how we're blocking the techniques, I mean, from, yeah. from a grand scheme of things, in terms of the scheme itself and how the run game's going to be fitted, and then in terms of the minutiae, like the technique, Uh, things have changed with that offense. I want to know, though, behind the offensive line, how how are things going to be different there? And we'll see it. We'll see in the preseason because we saw – I mean, in training camp, for instance, last year, we started asking those questions. Wait a minute. Adrian's running a lot out of the shotgun here. Is this going to work out? And it didn't. And sure. So you still pick up on things, obviously. And it, they are also the, the one
2: interesting thing is cuts start to come up, too, is yeah. they're going to actually have to cut some, some offensive linemen who are pretty good. I mean, ordinarily, a, you're used to them cutting, you know, guys you could care less about or don't know about. They're yeah. actually going to have to cut some offensive linemen who are not too bad. Each of you give me one surprise cut. From this team this summer well I've, I've been predicting for a while and I might be wrong but I've been predicting Phil Lodeholt is not going to make this roster he's easy to cut he doesn't make that much and he's such a mammoth man and the wear and tear I think Phil Lodeholt might be a guy who they cut and say go find a job because it's not going to work yeah anyway. he's missed
3: 22 games in the last two seasons. total guess
1: I mean that was going to be mine too I, I think beyond that I don't know if it would be a huge surprise, Could I guess. Fosco be cut? He could. He doesn't have any money left in his guaranteed money left in his contract. I mean, that's a possibility, I guess. But I, on the defensive side of the ball, I could see a guy like Audi Cole. They're getting quite a bit of depth at linebacker now. And a lot of the guys that they've added are guys that Mike Zimmer has liked. And you do wonder at some point if there are going to be some of those holdovers that don't last any longer.
3: I'm going to be the one who brings it up again. Um, it's an annual thing. Uh, Marcus No, shows. it's
2: not going to happen. Oh, no, it won't happen this time. We I'm, do this I'm every year. Why do we do this?
1: Happen. Because
3: Well, no, I'm doing it this year because they've added you. now another corner. Another corner know, to the but mix. I know, he can
2: return punts. He's good at it. They'll keep him around. I'll say this for them. They are right in this fact. If you don't have a good punt returner, you're bleeped.
3: Because that guy will drop Here's the, the thing, football. though, and we talked about this before, but they have now two roster spots for a kick returner and a punt returner. Like, that just not, it's not, I mean, is that something I that will give you. I will
2: give you better odds that Cordero Patterson gets Really, than the Marcus Sherrill. Yes. Yeah, because I'm not buying this. He's improved. This Until sounds like it, the perfect
1: backdrop it. for a Mr. Mankato story to inspire us all. You think he's going to get cut. you worried about two roster spots. Cordero comes back.
3: You gotta stop. Shows
1: man. us all he can be a receiver again. You gotta stop. Where's where's Mackie with the music?
2: He's sitting right there on the phone. Yeah, I am
1: not hit but the Mr. Mankato I, theme song, I'm telling you.
2: I don't think Zimmer killing um, a dream here, Crabber. I don't think Zimmer BSes a lot or suffers fools or yeah. slings a lot of BS around. But I'm not buying this Cordero Patterson storyline until I see it firsthand
3: and consistently.
1: Do no. you guys think Treadwell starts week one? I do. Yes. I, do I think both oh, Wayne's yeah. and
3: Treadwell start week one. Yep. And I think that because that's the direction of this franchise, that's the way they have to go with some of the young people. Uh, I think if Terrence Newman really is their best corner at that spot, you've got a problem with Trey Waynes. Yes, that's a problem. Yeah. I, sure. A bunch of positions uh, playing time up for grabs, both at safety, linebacker, All right. defensive line. And that is going to be it for us on the Purple Podcast at U.S. Bank Stadium. Great job, everybody. Potentially, Kramer, the last time.
1: I'm here. Hashtag fire Kramer.
0: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug to Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB, J.J. McCarthy, makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more.